0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I think you're a serial killer. I think that I am dating a full-fledged serial killer. Here's the thing. When I was younger, I was so freaking excited to be on my own, to move out of my parents' house, to get away from my mom. (laughs) That sounds personal. No. I was so excited to be an adult so that what? I could eat whatever I wanted. I could browse the sections of the grocery store and just grab and go, grab and go. Well, obviously, I'd pay for it. That sounds like I was stealing lots of Hot Cheetos. No, I would pay for it, right? But my fiance is willingly, consensually and actually choosing to sit in front of me right now and eat a trail mix without even chocolate there's no chocolate involved there's no chocolate covered almonds there's no chocolate chips there's nothing it's literally just almonds not even the salted ones like the raw almonds you've got some fucking cashews non-salted i mean just eating like that who are you Oh, well, that was good, though. <laughs> I think that you're a serial killer. <laughs> okay. What? What's this? An almond. Do you not know how to say almond?
1: And what is... um?
0: Oh, welcome to our riveting podcast where we talk about nuts. What's this? That's a cashew.
1: This is not a cashew.
0: It's a cashew. It's, it's a, a pistachio. I
1: think it's a garbanzo bean. <laughs>
0: All right, all right. Put your good away because today we've got a very riveting topic. I mean, this is a crime that I... It took me days to study this one because I just did not understand how a strip club, a strip club that really profits off of just selling patrons this motorized (laughs) dildo... (laughs) I'm not kidding. I mean, you're going to hear that a lot in today's story. Is me saying, I can't make this shit up. This is not a lie. I'm not making this up because of how... just how far-fetched this true crime is, and I can't believe more people aren't talking about it. This is a crime about how the Russian mafia goes to bed with the Colombian cartels yeah. There's dildos involved. There's submarines involved. Russian Soviet submarines to the tune of thirty-five million dollars involved. It's freaking ridiculous. There's strippers involved. There's just so many weird, weird, weird stories. I don't know where to start. So I'm just gonna start with what the actual crime is. Did people die? You know, etc. etcetera. Et cetera. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that ended up dying, and I'm sure there's lots of people that end up dying because of the business that these people are in, but we're gonna be focusing mainly on about like a handful of people that were just so they were just mastermind criminals i don't even know how to say it nicely so in 1997 the fbi uncovered they unveiled a plot of a strip club owner trying to sell a soviet military submarine to the colombian drug cartel the cali cartel for 35 million dollars where were they they were in Miami. Oh. <laughs> the strip club was in Miami. You're like, yeah, of course, makes sense. No, I'm surprised that that doesn't happen more often in Miami. <laughs> and the Cali Cartel, if you guys don't know, um, is a cartel that runs primarily out of Cali, Colombia, and that's the city called Cali. And the most notable leader of the Cali Cartel was Pablo Escobar. So it's a it's an intense ass cartel. I mean, they at one point in their height, they were bringing in around I think nine billion dollars annually just from the United States and that was all cash no taxes who's the IRS they don't fucking know (laughs) that's not funny sorry um I don't want to get in too deep of the drug aspect because I also, I mean, I feel like a lot of this is going to come off as almost comical, almost so what the fuck that it doesn't make any sense, that it's so funny. But I also know that drugs wreak havoc on people's lives. So this is not me saying like, whatever, drugs are fine. Like, yes, drugs everywhere. Let's just move the drugs all across the world so that everyone can have drugs. That's not it. But I will say it's kind of a comical story. I just don't want to make it seem like I'm like not putting any attention towards how drugs can kill people, ruin lives. You get it.
1: But you're saying like they're doing way more than just drugs.
0: Oh yeah, they're doing Mm -hmm. way more than drugs. They're weird. And it all starts with a Ukrainian gangster by the name of Tarzan. Um, That was his nickname. (laughs) His real name is Ludwig Feinberg, but I feel like that doesn't have enough street credit. You know what I mean? And so his nickname was Tarzan and he immigrated from Ukraine to New York. He went to Brooklyn first Mm -hmm. and he felt like the American dream was just the best shit ever and i'm gonna take his own quotes from this he said that the u.s is a country of opportunities you wake up in the morning you want to be a movie star i was gonna say booby star (laughs) a booby star you could do it you want to be a movie star you could do it and he says you want to wake up and become a gangster a drug lord that's also possible that is literally his quote he said that is very possible and he says that he loves america now he gets his job um, in Brooklyn with the Gambino crime family. So we're talking about just these most notorious gangsters like you think of any mob boss movie like the Gambinos are involved they were a massive massive crime family in New York and he joins and he was given a very low level rank job. He was not you know whispering into the main Gambino's ears talking about all of his ooh we should do this we should try this no he was what's called an enforcer which means they just go and they enforce the laws of the Gambino crime family. And if you were to ask for his job description, he said shit like, okay, so this is what we would do. We would go into these houses, we would go into these stores, we would go all across Brooklyn, and we would just light shit on fire. We would light stores on fire, we would light houses on fire, you know, we did all of that. And he said it's so easy, so easy to have arson jobs done in the U.S. because the firemen do the rest. I don't know how firemen are in Ukraine, but he says it's almost comical because in the U.S., you start a tiny little fire and then the firemen come in, they smash your windows open, they hose your entire, they soak your entire store and your house down with water and like fire resistant foams, like fire extinguishers. And so you just started a small fire, but the firemen will actually ruin the rest of your house is how he put it.
1: That is so weird.
0: Yeah, so his the way that he thinks is so very interesting. And he said, you know, I was a little bit rough, but it's it was mainly for people who didn't pay. So people who would owe the Gambino crime family money. And if people asked him what his job description was or what his job was, he would say that he was just a collection agent. And he was just super illegal, like the violent illegal kind. And he would beat people up. He broke into houses. He tried to steal money from them when they needed it. And he was making a shit ton of money by doing this. I mean, him and his partner, they were going around just setting little fires all over Brooklyn and they were killing it. They were making so much money.
1: How did they make money?
0: Um, the Gambino crime family would oh. pay them. Yeah, it's like a like a in house security guards, collection agents, mm. <laughs> and his partner ends up one day. Okay, so Tarzan wakes up one day, Brooklyn, amazing morning, ready to go sell, set some more houses on fire. He's ready for this job. He's born to do this. And then he goes to knock on his partner's door, and his partner has been killed, shot, murdered. And this was very serious. I mean, he. this was not a random crime. This was not, you know, a serial killer on the loose in Brooklyn. This was sending a message to the Gambino crime family. When you're dealing with people like this, every murder, none of it is a coincidence. You can never really look at it and be like, what a dink that they just happened to have all of their hands stuffed into the Gambino crime family. But maybe it was an accident. Maybe it was just a random hit. And so he's, he said he freaking heard the message. He was like, listen, I'm not going to wait around so that they can kill the other half of this team i mean it's a two-person team that we were running so no 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 thank you so he asks all of his italian crime mobsters that he's like you know where should i go next i'm scared of brooklyn i don't want to be here i want to go somewhere nice and they said you know i heard miami's nice i heard miami's really nice and you could find a lot of work in miami and so he packs his bags and he fucking moves to miami Now, Miami at the time that he moves was... I mean, I don't know how it is right now. I know right now they're getting made fun of because of coronavirus. But I don't know how it is in terms of like all of these other things in terms of organized crime. But they said that the cocaine wars were raging in Miami. So you've got gang wars going on in Miami at the time that he moves. And he's like, this is the best place. I've never wanted to be anywhere else. And so you've got half of Miami fighting the other half of Miami. And then you've got, because of the closeness of Miami to South America, you've got so much drug movement coming in and out of the port of Miami. I mean, they share the same waters. So a lot of the drugs were being transported via boat into Miami. And then it'd be spread across the United States I mean there was just so much Drug stuff going on And then and then this is the words of a DEA agent this is not my words Okay A DEA agent said You know and then it all got really bad because the Russians Started coming to town And we have a Russian friend in you know, ironically, she did live in Miami.
1: <laughs> she still has
0: a house in Miami and she loves Miami. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, OK, the Russians are coming to town and the Russians mainly migrated to Miami because they loved the sun. They loved the ocean. But there was also, again, that access to South America that the Russians seemed to be very, very interested in. I don't know if this is true or I feel like it's probably one of those things where originally people will move with intention And then just because now there's a higher Russian population, if you're immigrating from Russia, you're like, let's go there because there's a lot of Russians there instead of the middle of the Midwest where there's no Russians and I can't get Russian food. You get it. And so he moves and he has all of this money that he made from burning people down and burning houses down in Brooklyn. And Tarzan's like, I'm going to open up a strip club. I'm going to take that money and open up the most banging club in Miami. And he gets a manager and he sees this guy who's a Russian dude and his name's Fat Tony. <laughs> yeah, that is not my description. Isn't that a restaurant? Fat Tony.
1: Oh no, Fat Sauce. That's Fat, fat sauce? sauce. Yeah, oh, fat sauce.
0: yeah. His name is Fat Tony, and so he starts managing the rest or the strip club, and it's called Porkies. Porkies. Yeah, like pork. Porkies. Mm. yeah it's all so strange and so in the beginning it wasn't doing that well because why would anyone want to go to a strip club called Porky's I mean it just it has some weird connotations towards it I mean I think there was a movie called Porky's maybe that's why they named it after it but it was just all so strange and then the manager Fat Tony was like you know what I need to class this place up this place is not liked by all the high end people it's not liked by all the big shot kalas coming in here with stacks and racks of cash me trying so hard to talk like I know strip club language (laughs) and he's like I'm gonna class this place up so how do we think that fat Tony did this did he you know put on a burlesque show did he you know try to serve good food did he up the quality of the the liquor no he said here's what we're gonna do you know those toy cars you know the ones that you can get at the dollar store Target Walmart wherever the fuck you go well what we're gonna do is we're gonna get those remote controlled toy cars we're gonna strap on some dildos on top of them and then the girls are going to lay out on stage butt naked and then the patrons you will have all these clients pay to get five minutes to control the remote control car to see if they can insert the dildo
1: what
0: yeah so that, I mean, he just felt like he really classed the place up with that How idea. How does that make sense? Yeah, so imagine toy cars, you know, in the kids section. But then, like, you strap a dildo on top of it. And then, let's say, you know, John Doe over here wants to get a ride with the, <laughs> with the car. You give him the remote. He pays the stripper money. And he starts, you know, trying to... She's laying down on the ground and he's trying to skirt skr you know U turn fucking Daytona race.
1: <laughs> so they turn into like an arcade.
0: Yeah. Like a adult oh Formula One. You know, Tokyo Drift could never. Fast and, and the Furious could never.
1: And that was a hit.
0: Oh, it was a freaking hit. Literally but everyone started coming. Oh, wait. Honey. <laughs>
1: OK, no, yeah, but there's nothing so proprietary about that. Anybody could copy it.
0: Yeah, but, you know, Porky's at that point, they were just getting that name like it just they wanted to go to Porky's. They did not want to go to any other place that was copying it. And Tarzan was he was a good marketer at one point. So it becomes a very popular destination. Now, is it a very safe destination? Absolutely not. So they had a saying back in the day that if you go to any other strip club in Miami, you would be lucky to leave with your wallet. Okay? That it doesn't get stolen because during this time, Miami was not at a great stage and these strip clubs were doing some dirty shit back in the day. And then now, porkies, they say, well, you'd be lucky to leave with both of your kidneys. Like it was a very dangerous area. Shootings were very common. Tarzan himself always had two guns on his body. He had one strapped to his belt and then he had another one on his ankle. I mean, I don't know what that one is.
1: On the ankle? Mhm. That's like a backup gun.
0: Yeah, so he liked to sit, you know how you can sit with your legs crossed, but you can also place your ankle on your knee. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, he liked
0: to sit like that so that it'd be wow. easy access. But that bits, And I'll do it again. Um, yeah, no, exactly. And so it was a very dangerous area. And it became a massive Russian gangster hangout to the point where even all of the local police knew about it. Like, it doesn't matter if you're a Russian that lives in Moscow or if you're a Russian that lives in New York or Los Angeles. If you go to Miami and you've got any questions about how to do anything illegal, you go to Porky's and you look for Tarzan. It was like a thing. He was like in the Yellow Pages. Like, this is like, he was on Yelp for Russians essentially like this is the dude that you go to you want to move some drugs you want to hire a hitman you want 23 prostitutes that are all 23 years old you go to tarzan i mean yeah he was really making a name for himself okay And so the task there becomes massive, just massive police freakouts. I mean, they were freaking out because you're already talking about so many drug gangs. You're talking about all of the, the what they call the cartels coming in. You know, a lot of them were from Venezuela and Colombia, I believe. Right. And then you've got the Russians coming in. And I saw all these news networks from back in the day in the 90s that were talking about the Russians. And they were like, the Red Scare, the Russians. And they were like threatening to bring the Red Scare to the United States via Miami. Bloodshed everywhere. You know, all of that stuff. I mean, there was a lot of fear in the people of Miami and with the U.S. And so they put together this task force. And this task force was called Operation Odessa. And I feel like that is definitely a Russian name. I uh, don't know the heritage behind that name, but it sounds Russian. And it was a it was a mixture of FBI agents, DEA agents, the Coast Guard, customs immigration, and local police officers. So you're talking about a massive, massive task force. And they were just trying to get to the bottom of cracking down on all of this crazy cartel crime and all of these Russian mobsters in Miami. And what they discovered was that it was going to get a lot worse. So initially they thought, okay, we got some gangs in Miami. We got the cartel that keeps coming to Miami and doing business in Miami. But then we also got the Russians in here and they're all killing each other and killing everyone and just the Russians are doing their own thing, right? But once they set up this task force called Operation Odessa, they discovered that the Colombian cartel was actually teaming up with the Russian mobs. That is going to get so crazy. So the cartels, they've got drug money. I mean, they've got money on money on money. And this drug money, it is not even, I don't even think Apple or Google could even understand the concept of this money. Like they are billions of dollars just in cash,
1: One trillion Apple. Hmm.
0: Okay, so the cartel like wasn't that cool. I mean, I guess I could fight them myself. I'm just kidding. (laughs) And so they just had crazy, crazy money. Now, the Russian mafia and the mobs, they have money, but they don't have cartel money. But they do have something else. They're known to be incredibly crafty. They're really smart. They like to twist their minds. They're kind of like the brains of these operations. They know how to evade the law really well. They have access to military devices because back in the day in the 90s, it was the Soviet Union, and they didn't really keep inventory of military devices and there was so much corruption so you could literally go to russia and buy a military-grade helicopter and bring it back into the u.s a chopper a chopper yeah oh there's so many choppers in this story there's so many choppers so many motorcycles and then there's just submarines on submarines it's crazy yeah
1: (laughs) what are they doing
0: they're trying to move drugs with them i know chopper yeah because i was thinking too why do these drug cartels need so many choppers are they going on so many helicopter city view rides for instagram pics like what what is pablo doing um no is to move drugs yeah
1: there's no regulation
0: i mean there is but i feel like it's easier to get away with a chopper like imagine boarding a delta flight like i'm sure there's it's so much harder I actually don't know how people move trunks, so... (laughs) So they're like, oh, shit, shit's about to go down. Now, the two people that they discovered were kind of like the conduits between the Colombian cartel and the Russian mob was Tarzan. He has all of these Russian connections. He knows all of these Russian mobsters. And then Juan, he, he's he been like a Miami resident for so, so long. And he also is very, very wealthy. And he has connections to lots of cartels, um, not particularly the Cali cartel, but lots of other smaller cartels in South America. And so he just was there very, very smart. So Juan was kind of the opposite of Tarzan. Tarzan is like this big Ukrainian dude who's just like, yeah, fuck it, whatever, let's just do it, right? And then Juan, he was kind of sleazy. He was super, super sleazy. He sold cars, he sold boats, helicopters, and then finally he tries to sell submarines to these cartels. I mean, he's so in, just intellectual. He is shrewd. He's super connected. He knows exactly how to hide assets for gangsters.
1: So, he's just like a, a broker, a businessman.
0: Yeah, a businessman. And so, it all started with luxury vehicles. So, he would sell these Ferraris to these, you know, cartel members. And of course, they come in with just like bags of cash. And he knows exactly what they do for business. But he's like, don't fucking tell me. I don't need to know shit. I'm not a cop. And he would sell them Ferraris. He would sell them illegal street cars. Because there's a lot of illegal cars that get imported from Europe that are either faster or for whatever reason, they're just not street legal in the US or not even just legal in the U.S., right? And he would import those and he would sell them to these cartel members and he was making a name for himself. Like, if you were part of the cartel or if you just had tons of cash and you didn't want, like, a Ferrari salesman to be like, why do you have so much cash? Like, fill out this form, please. You know? Then you would go to Juan. And it was so crazy because the Mercedes SL500, the first one ever made, was released in the 90s. And a lot of people were trying to get their hands on it. I mean, you're talking billionaires. You're talking about CEO of Fortune 500 companies. You're talking about like the Kardashians of whoever was the Kardashians in the 90s. I don't freaking know who was the Kardashians, like who would compare. I don't know. And so all these people are trying to get their hands on one. But little did everyone know that the first fleet of them actually went to the cartel. I don't even think Mercedes well I feel like Mercedes probably knew so what happened was Juan was actually commissioned by the cartels and they said listen we want the SL500s like we freaking love these cars we want like a dozen of them maybe two dozen and they were all starting at around $100,000 right and so they're like we want two dozen and he's like I know you guys have the money but you know how difficult it is to get this car that everybody wants all of a sudden and they were like well make it happen we're gonna pay you to make it happen so he ends up flying to Switzerland I don't know why switzerland okay juan goes to switzerland and he rents a cargo aircraft loads that shit up with a fleet of sl 500s and flies that to colombia and delivers the first fleet of sl 500 mercedes to the cartels before anybody else had them
1: He's a hustler.
0: He's a freaking hustler. I mean, he is crazy. And the fact that I had no idea, like I always assumed, I don't know, that it would be like famous people or like super rich people who would get the first of the car but no it was like the cartel (laughs) i'm not laughing because it's funny i'm just laughing because i had no idea (laughs) and then so in 1991 the soviet union collapses now this sounds like such a long time ago but it really wasn't right so the soviet union collapses now this is an amazing time for people to go in and try to make money or at least that's what juan and tarzan thought you know tarzan he's ukrainian so he kind of understands how moscow works a little bit he's intrigued juan's in intrigued and so they said let's just do it let's just fucking fly to Moscow and see what we can buy I mean I'm sure there's no leadership they said even in the United States all of the news was just saying like who's gonna be the next ruler of Russia like we don't even know like what's going on in Russia we don't fucking know like nobody knew what was going on in Russia Russia didn't even know what was going on in Russia and so they fly to Moscow and it just was complete chaos over there like you had riots protesters but then you also didn't have any government lead people were just trying to do what they could and try to make ends meet so everything was for sale that's what that meant that did not mean anything political to tarzan or to han it just meant everything's for sale when everything goes to shit the only thing you get out of it are lots of sales everything's for sale military stuff are for sale weapons are for sale drugs are for sale everything's for sale and so they go to Moscow and they had heard about this motorcycle factory and these motorcycles, they were really expensive in the U.S. I think they were like, um, there were like tens of thousands of dollars in the U S to get this motorcycle. It was a nice brand and they were well-made. They were super fast. And they're like, we want to go buy these fucking motorcycles. They have no idea. They've never been to Russia before. They're like, it's in this city somewhere. We got to leave Moscow. We got to go to this city. How do we get to this city? And so they're like sitting there, like, does there, is there a plane that goes there? But then even if we got a plane, I mean, how do is this freaking work? And so they're like, "Oh, here's what we're gonna do. Let's rent some choppers. Let's rent some helicopters." And so they call a little aircraft area, right? They're an airport, and they say, "Hey, do you guys have any pilots with helicopters that we can rent? So we'll pay." And it's like one of those like city views that you do for Instagram, but it's like, no, we're doing it for a point A to point B destination type of trip, right? And so the the person's like, "Uh, you want to, you want to rent a helicopter?" I mean, like at this time, nobody had money, right? Like nobody was rolling in it. And especially with this political atmosphere, nobody's like, hey, I just want to take a scenic ride on a helicopter right now. Like, that's just not the time, dude. Read the room. And so she's like, "Uh, okay. And so she calls back and she's like, sir, um, we do have a lot of helicopters and we do have a lot of pilots. But I highly doubt that you would want to do it. I know it's so expensive. Um, Right now, we're currently charging $500 a helicopter for you to ride all day in it with a pilot
1: what is that that's a that's so little Mm.
0: and tarzan and juan were used to paying so much money and tarzan being the hustler that he is he goes oh man that is really expensive (laughs) but i'm (laughs) gonna pay it (laughs) and so for these two people it was just the two of them they rented 10 helicopters not because they needed 10 they just wanted to invade a city like the feeling of invading a city just taking over a city Hannah Montana that shit just they wanted to fly in with a fleet of choppers just to impress people that they didn't even know anyone that lived in that city they didn't even know what was going on in that city Just for the
1: shits of it
0: just for the shits of it because it was only $500 a chopper so they're like we're millionaires let's fucking do it whatever Russia woo so they get 10 choppers they're in in separate choppers (laughs) there's just eight pilots that are flying empty choppers (laughs) behind them i thought they were
1: trying to pick up some motorcycle but
0: they're not gonna bring it in the choppers and so they rent these helicopters and then they're telling the pilot hey so this factory in this city that's our destination right and the the pilots are like oh yeah we know that city but we don't know where that factory is. Like, that's a random factory. Like, how the hell are we supposed to know that factory? It's not even a famous factory. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, well, then what do we do? Like, we're already in the air. I just told you our destination. We're headed towards the city. Uh, How do you not know where the factory is? And so the pilot was like, oh, no big deal. I'll take care of it. And so they decide to land in the middle of a city, in the middle of that city, in the middle of an intersection with all 10 of their choppers and they stopped the choppers they got out and they asked the old woman that they could find nearby hey where's that motorcycle factory and she said you have to fly that way that way fly that way and so finally they flew around and around and around until they could find the motorcycle factory (laughs) It sounds so funny, but I think that just goes to show there definitely was no law and order in Russia at the time. Like, they landed in the middle of a city. Like, how does that happen? There's no air traffic control police. There's no air police. There's no (laughs) helicopter sent by that city to be like, the fuck are y'all doing right now? Like, this is illegal. There just was none of that. So they landed in the middle of the city. They They get to the motorcycle factory. They land in front of it. And a police guy approaches them with a stick, a baton. Ooh, a baton and so he's like what are you guys doing here and they go we're from moscow and he goes oh um okay oh, what should i do now like the police asked them what he should do now because he has Shut no idea the like there's door. no law and order he doesn't know what to do he doesn't have a boss what if these people are powerful people he doesn't even fucking know i mean they just came down with choppers like this police dude has never seen a chopper in his life like he's just so freaking confused and they say here's what you're gonna do you're going to watch these helicopters while we go into the motorcycle store so that nobody steals them.
1: And he says, (laughs) okay.
0: And so he stands guard for these random dudes that are actually like drug lords (laughs) so that they don't get their helicopters stolen.
1: <laughs> what in the yeah. world is going on?
0: So they <laughs> they go in to the motorcycle factory and they end up buying two hundred and fifty thousand units. Two hundred and fifty thousand motorcycles. And in the US, they were retailing for thousands and thousands of dollars. The same exact brand, the same exact make, the same exact everything. They were retailing for thousands of dollars. In Russia, this factory was selling it for two hundred dollars a pop. They ended up selling Selling majority, they got another like m- massive cargo airplane, okay? Flew that shit from Moscow with all of the motorcycles to Miami. Ended up selling majority of these units of motorcycles to the cartels in Colombia. And they made a profit about over $3 million. Just from this one trip to the motorcycle factory. That doesn't factory. make sense, babe. Yeah.
1: The number doesn't add up. What do you mean? How much did they buy? $250,000. $250,000. Oh, not 250,000. No,
0: 250,000 units.
1: And each is worth thousands of dollars?
0: Yeah, something like that, but I think they gave them a discount. So you'll see that they give like lots mm. of discounts. I think they they spent a lot of money on it. But it was it's weird, yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I don't know how much they make per deal, but I know for this one they made over 3 million dollars. I don't know like how much they were sold for, but that was just the pocket for how much what do you what's his name Juan and Tarzan got from the deal so okay. they took home $3 million collectively together. Back then? Yeah, after like all the expenses, after chartering mm-hmm. that airplane to do all of that. So they made $3 million back then. So that's a lot of money. And so with this extra money, he decides, Tarzan decides, he's going to open up a second place. He's got this strip club called Porky's. It's doing really hot. Why don't we open up a restaurant called, and I'm going to say this and my fiancee are going to giggle because I feel like our Russian friend says this. I don't even know what it means. Babushka
1: babushka what does that
0: even mean i feel like i hear that so much from them
1: i thought it was a dish babushka the
0: dessert is that babushka
1: I don't know. It's a a cuisine. Okay.
0: Well, he opens up a restaurant called Babushka. And, of course, this is a notorious gangster that's opening up this restaurant. So, it's serving Russian food. I mean, lots of people are just spilling into this restaurant. And he decides to take on a restaurant partner by the name of Gregory Grisha Royce. Now, we're just going to call him Grisha. That's what people called him. That was his nickname, Tarzan and Grisha. They're running this operation together. Now, Grisha has an entire tense history. Um Grisha was Grisha is not loved by the US government. He's he's definitely more hated than maybe Tarzan and the likes. Grisha, the DEA can confirm that he has at least killed one person with his bare hands. It's not even just he's killed one person by shooting them. It was a drive-by or anything like that that seems a little bit more plausible, but like the DEA can confirm that he has killed someone with his bare hands. He's a nasty dude. You don't want to fuck with this dude is what they're saying. He is scary
1: what do you mean kill people with bare hands like Like choking someone yeah
0: like he's that scary like he's not just a criminal like he's a hardened criminal he's not the one that'll be like hey my little minions go do this hey someone just shoot him in the back you know i mean he will just get so angry and rageful and he was friends of tarzan's parents so they go way back like he was a childhood friend they knew each other they're both ukrainian and grisha has always had anger issues his first arrest happened when the police was like listen i don't know what you're doing but i don't like it you're getting arrested and he got so pissed off that he got caught in a crime that as the police officer is trying to put him into his patrol car grisha bites the police officer's nose and a part of it fell off like he bit it off like he mike tyson that shit that seems politically incorrect but he bit off part of his nose
1: the police officer
0: yeah and so then from then on in the russian mafias he got the nickname of cannibal because he was just biting off police officers body parts because he was pissed off like i think that's so crazy you get arrested and you got caught doing something illegal you get arrested and you're like no how dare you (laughs) like let me bite off your nose yeah very strange and he particularly took a liking to heroin so he was a massive heroin trafficker he was moving heroin internationally and that was just kind of his forte made a ton of money from it and finally he gets caught in Bulgaria I've never been to Bulgaria I hear it's beautiful but I also hear the prisons in Bulgaria be real crazy and so he gets arrested in Bulgaria he's in this Bulgarian prison and he has no teeth now the reason he has no teeth is because when the police arrested him in bulgaria they knocked out all of his teeth they kicked him they threw him on the ground and they knocked out all of his teeth
1: is it because they don't want their nose get bitten off
0: i think so yeah oh my god i think probably less of the nose getting bitten off because i'm sure there's a much more civil way of making sure your nose stays on your face but i think it was more of like a hey you fucked with the cop we're gonna fuck with you type of shit um or also just for shits and giggles. I'm really not sure. And I'm not laughing because it's funny. So he's toothless? Yeah, so he became toothless. <laughs> oh. I don't feel sympathy for him. Um, he, he was just not a good person. So he's sitting in this prison in Bulgaria. And the DEA decide, you know what? In order to play with the nasty people, maybe we need a nasty person on our team. So the DEA of the United States sends an agent to Bulgaria. Oh, yeah. And by the way, the DEA they specialize in like drugs, right? Um, so they send an agent to Bulgaria. They meet him in the prison. They meet Grisha, and he says, "Listen, what will it take?" for you guys for you grisha to work with us to go undercover with some russian mafias i mean you're gonna be stepping on a lot of people's toes you're gonna have after all of this is ends you're gonna have the russian mafia out for you you're gonna have the cartels out for you like you're gonna be really stepping on a lot of powerful people's toes what will it take for you to work on our side and to give us intel and to snoop around and to sneak around and be our little spy and he said honestly i would do anything to get out of this prison get me the fuck out of bulgaria
1: Damn. And so, so this said, is just like a movie. Yeah. Wow.
0: And so they said, all right, let's get on that Delta flight. I'm just kidding. I don't know if it was Delta, but the DEA agent and Grisha end up leaving Bulgaria and going into the United States, into Miami. So Grisha, like I said, was already friends with Tarzan. So Tarzan had no idea all of this happened in Bulgaria. He knew about the first arrest where he was nicknamed cannibal, but he really didn't know that he got st- stopped in Bulgaria and it became this whole big ordeal. Right. Right and so Tarzan sees Grisha and he's like where have you been what the fuck I missed you where are your teeth um <laughs> etc cetera, et cetera." and Grisha's like long story I don't want to talk about it anyways you got any work for me like i love to do some shit I'm excited I'm ready to just hustle my way through these drugs again woohoo and so Tarzan's like yeah yeah sounds good so right now I have this restaurant open called Babushka now here's the problem I mean, it's it's always packed, you know. There's so many people in and out of Babushka. We get all of these Russian mafias. You know how they like to tip, you know. They spend so much money. They drink so much. They tip so much. It's amazing. But I but I love my festivities. And so he was spending a lot of money just having like entertainers, like belly dancers come into babushka every two seconds and just really splurging to keep these mafia men entertained and happy. And so he was actually becoming indebted because of babushka. And so he tells Grisha all of these things. And he's like, okay, well, how about this, Tarzan? I'll give you seventy thousand dollars to help with your debt. Now, this is crazy because that was U.S. money. The DEA gave Grisha $70,000 to give to Tarzan to earn his trust even more. And so he said, with this, you're going to make me partner of Babushka. We're going to run this shit together. You and me, Grisha and Tarzan, Grisha, the DEA secret spy agent. And they start running Babushka together. And Tarzan had no fucking idea that he was working with the DEA.
1: So this tough ass man became the biggest spy?
0: Yeah, yeah. Huh Uh uh-huh okay and so he's the co-owner of the restaurant and every day he'd be like oh my god my friends from russia are here and he would say let's take a picture for the wall do you see that wall this restaurant wall full of all of these pictures of these random russians and when i say random i mean mobsters and mafia gang leaders anyways let's take a picture to put on that wall but grisha always saved another copy of that picture to give to the dea and he would say oh this guy right here this guy does this, this guy does weapons training, this guy, you know, specializes in nuclear weapons, blah, 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 um, etc, etc, etc. And so the DA is like, give us more. And so finally, he's like, okay, well, Tarzan's out of town, and I'm running this restaurant right now. At midnight, you guys are going to come unclothed, not unclothed, but not in uniforms. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. That's a a totally different part of the story. I'm just kidding. Um, No, no, no. Wrong story. Wrong story. He says, you guys are going to come not in your uniforms, don't be fucking wearing those navy ass jackets that say DEA on them, you stupidos. You're gonna come in regular people, close, and you guys can wiretap all of the tables, okay? Do it very quietly. And so they're like, fuck yeah. So they go in, they wiretap all of the booths, and this reveals yet another slamming connection. I mean, the DEA is just getting slapped in the face left and right with how deep and how dangerous and how scary this entire thing is getting right so they start learning through these wiretaps that tarzan and juan have a really good friend a friend that is much more powerful than tarzan or juan to put it clearly tarzan and juan are kind of like the bitch boys right they're kind of like i mean ugh, they're really scary don't don't get me wrong but in the eyes of pablo escobar they're like the bitch boys You know, they're the messenger, they're the brokers, they're the car salesmen. You know, they make money, they make millions of dollars, but they're car salesmen. They're not, they're not the CEOs. They're not the one moving all of these products and all of these plans and masterminding shit. I mean, they're essentially car salesmen, but not their friend. Their friend by the name of Tony Yester or Yester. Yeah, Tony Yelster. Sorry. He, I mean, everybody already knows knows him. He was a fugitive at the time that they found out that they were all connected. So he was already running away from the U.S. because he was selling tons of cocaine in the U.S. in Key West, Florida. He is an international smuggler. He is the one that has direct connection with Pablo Escobar. He is the one that works with directly Pablo Escobar and his job is interesting because he's actually not part of the Cali cartel he's more of like a hired consultant for cartels so these cartels these big dudes like Pablo Escobar will hire these consultants once in a while to be like hey listen I need to move 10 tons of cocaine into this country how do I do it and he was internationally connected so he had connections in virtually every single country that were major ports for drug trafficking so he was the dude that you would call he's like a travel agent and so he was a major 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 player and he was just a weird fugitive the u.s said he has been in and out of the u.s in and out of switzerland in and out of europe the south america he has 41 different passports that's what they know that he has over 41 different valid passports i mean he has 41 different identities by the time that they find out an identity he's already like four people later So this dude I mean at one point He was a Cuban Secret Service pilot Like he just was a lot Like he had lived A 41 Just full life And he was Mainly Primarily A consultant For drugs And weapons trafficking So you want to Smuggle some drugs Into a country Tony's the one to call You want to smuggle Weapons into a country Tony Is the one to call His nickname Was Brain Because he was always The brains of the operation
1: Yeah And
0: He said it all started, right? So Tony, his entire life started when he immigrates from Cuba to Key West, Florida. And he said when he landed in Key West, Florida he just knew that he was going to be a big Shakala. like he was like fuck this is paradise this shit looks banging there's sun there's waves and there's bitches everywhere like those are what he (sighs) said not me (laughs) and he's like I want to own this place like not a piece of this place I don't want to own a house on this place that's so average right I want to own Key West like I want to fucking dominate areas and so within his first year of immigrating he made his first one million dollars By selling cocaine. (laughs) So it's not as admirable as it sounded. So he, his life motto is, listen, I want to drive a Ferrari, not a Chevrolet. Those are his words. Those are his two car models. That's, that's what he lives by. He loves it. And so in 1990, he goes on the run for dealing tons of cocaine, identity theft. I mean, the list goes on, illegal weapons, weapons trafficking, cocaine dealing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he just proceeds to taunt the police. Like he would go to a different country and send the Miami police or the Key West police postcards signed by tony saying i'm sipping a pina colada on this shore where are y'all i haven't seen you guys in a while and he would send that shit and he would taunt the police i mean he was crazy
1: these people are so savage
0: i know it's so (laughs) weird because a lot of the times we talk about some of the darkest criminals but they always get caught in a way well a lot of them get caught in a way that seems relatively stupid right but then these people i'm like god damn! What the fork? I mean, (sighs) these people in the Unabomber. The Unabomber, I mean, his brother gave him in. If it wasn't for his brother, I highly doubt he would have been caught so soon. I mean, it still took like a decade or something so long, right? But um, no, he was just taunting them. And he was close to Juan. Why? Because like I said, he said he wants a Ferrari, not a Chevrolet. And what does Juan sell? He sells Ferraris.
1: Not a Chevrolet.
0: (laughs) Not a Chevrolet. (laughs) (laughs) And so he was really close friends with Juan and they started working together. So Juan's conduit to the cartels was almost always Tony. So unless they came and found Juan and it was like an individual cartel person that was like, I just want a fucking boat because I want a boat. But if the cartel itself was buying a fleet of boats, they always came in through Tony. They trusted Tony with the money. So they would give the money to Tony. The sale would be done. Tony would then pay Juan and Tony would take a cut, right? So it almost always happened like that. And a lot of these things were used to to smuggle tons of drugs i mean they were selling these massive cigarette boats you know like the cool ones that you see on james bond they look like cigarette packs like it does it doesn't even look safe they're like floating on top of water almost right Mm -hmm. and they would they would make shift these engines in there they would put in these powerful engines so that you could go really fast and you could evade a lot of um other boat vehicles that might want to stop you Mm. so they were selling cars to cartels then they were selling motorcycles and then it went up to boats because the cartels were like wait a second we can just pack shit into boats and then bring them into the ports of miami so let's just get some boats and then it got intense because the cartels started thinking what can we do that's better than boats that's much harder to catch, and we can move way more product. And so Tony was like, Well, I know exactly what you can do. And he's talking to these cartel people at night. He goes, You just need a Kamov helicopter. And they said, What's a Kamov helicopter? And Tony says, Well, it has two rotors, okay? And it's really known for its big carry load. So, you get this hook at the bottom of that helicopter, and you can essentially hook it to a shipping container, and it can carry 11,000 pounds. That's about 5,000 kilos of cocaine on a hook.
1: That's weird. No, you're dangling a box of cocaine.
0: Yeah, but they were like, we want to do that. I mean, I don't know where the cartel's dangling this shit. I mean, I haven't seen it personally over my house or anything like that, but they were like, we want to dangle cocaine. Let's do it. And okay. so they were like, how can you get it? And they said, well, in the US right now, for a Kamov helicopter, it costs about $10 million
1: one helicopter one
0: helicopter and so these cartel people were like listen we're billionaires but like we don't want to spend 10 million dollars on a fucking helicopter especially with the risk of like all of these things like it's just not going to be worth it it's not like we're just cruising on a helicopter for fun and we're billionaires like we're doing it for work and so they're like i don't like this and so then tony was like okay let me try something else so he goes knocking on juan and tarzan's door and he's like listen do y'all want to try to go to moscow and see if you guys can get your hands on some Kamov helicopters. And they're like, fuck yeah, last time we went to Moscow, it went so amazing, let's fucking go to Moscow. So, Juan and Tarzan, they fly all the way back to Moscow, and they start searching for these Kamov helicopters. And they found them. And they were to secure one for $650,000. The same one that's being sold in the U.S. for $10 million. They were about to make a lot of money, okay? That's just all I have to say. They were about to make some fucking crazy money money until some shit goes down okay so they get these helicopters they got all these spare parts for the helicopters and they're like throw in some motorcycles since we're here right and they rent they charter a military aircraft
1: in russia in russia for what
0: to bring the helicopters back to colombia okay now this military aircraft is known to just be like a massive cargo ship like it, that's what it's known for right it's not really known for like military weapons or anything like that or being like stealthy in the sky it was just known that it has such a big carry load right and so they're like okay we're gonna we're gonna charter this military aircraft and just to show you guys how cheap things were in Russia at the time and how much money they were making in order to charter that in a place like the US which you probably couldn't in the first place I mean unless you had really good reason but if you want Wanted to, it would cost about a million dollars a trip. In Russia, it was about $200,000. So they were like, fuck, yeah, take that out of our cut. Like, let's put it in. And so they chartered this massive military aircraft. They loaded up with multiple birds, as they call it. Those are helicopters. So they put the helicopters in there. They put the spare parts. They got some motorcycles. They were like, let's fill up the space anyway. So they put some motorcycles in there. And then Juan is like, "Okay, this is what we're going to do, Tarzan. I'm going to go to Colombia first. And I'm going to wait with the Cali cartel. And we're going to wait for the shipment. You are going to make sure this lands where we need it to. So you are going to be on this military aircraft aircraft with the pilots and you're gonna make sure this this fucking aircraft gets to colombia and yeah. so they're like okay no big deal they fist bump or juan, er, juan goes to colombia tarzan's waiting for this one to take off right yeah and as they're on the tarmac snow is falling it's blizzarding uh-huh. and these jeeps roll up just a fucking fleet of jeeps and they start pulling out machine guns They don't fire But they pull out machine guns Holy They draw shit. their guns All of them are like Packed head to toe with masks This was not the police This was not the military It was the Russian mafia
1: Oh my god Yeah
0: Yeah um, The way that Tarzan describes them Is very comical He says um, He calls them big neck dudes So they have got these thick ass necks <laughs> He said With some gold <laughs> ass chains on them Like these were big dudes Is what he's trying to say Like they're massive and they've got machine guns like automatic weapons it's not like it's not cutesy play anymore and so he's like what the fuck and they're like do you think that you can leave without paying us for these helicopters? They really don't care that these helicopters got sold, but they're like, this is my territory. So anything that comes in, anything that goes out goes through us. So
1: the time has changed. Huh? Yeah. Since then Their <laughs> first time here.
0: Yeah. And so they're like, you have to pay us a commission to uh-huh. get permission to leave with these helicopters. Yeah. And Tarzan's like, these aren't even your fucking helicopters. What the fuck? Right. And they're yeah. like, we don't care. So we want payment. And he goes, OK, well, I don't really have any money, but how about I give you cocaine? And he wasn't saying that in like, a, let me just give you a line in the bathroom, Kelly. Like it wasn't one of those like L.A. party vibes. It was like he was talking massive what? kilos of cocaine, like not just like here's a little for you. You know, it was massive amounts of cocaine, he was saying. And the problem is he doesn't have any cocaine. He really also doesn't have much access to that much cocaine that would be worthwhile for this Russian gangster. So he's like, fuck, what do I do? He's just making shit up because he doesn't want to die. I mean, imagine you're just in a a fleet of Jeeps just rolled up and instead of visco girls, it's the Russian mafia. I mean, I'd be scared. I mean, even if it was a fleet of Jeeps of visco girls, I'd be scared. I don't know which one's scarier, honestly. (laughs) I'm kidding. And so he's just scared. He's just bullshitting. You know, he's like, I'll get you cocaine. I'll get you so much cocaine. You will be bathing in cocaine. And they're like, yeah, you're fucking lying. And he's like, hey, you ever heard about Pablo? They're like, what? He's like, you know, Pablo Escobar? And they're like, shut up you don't know Pablo Escobar. He's like, I fucking know Pablo Escobar's. How do you think I got these choppers? You think I just like buy this shit for fun in Russia? No, I fucking, I'm doing this for Pablo Escobar. And so they're like, then we want to talk to him. (laughs) Now, I know what you're thinking, and this is exactly what I thought. Oh, well, I mean, it seems relatively easy. Tony, Yester, is friends with Pablo Escobar. They'll just get Pablo on the phone, and Pablo will just explain it away. And then I realized that these are cartel people, and Pablo would rather kill these people than have to like do some bitch work for them. So that's not going to happen. They're not going to let Pablo know that they've faced an obstacle in Russia, Uh even if these helicopters were for Pablo Escobar. So Tarzan calls Juan and says, listen, Pablo, (laughs) and Juan's like the fuck he's in Colombia and he's like fuck 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 and he goes listen Pablo we need to talk if you don't get on a flight to Russia right now to talk to these people and tell them that I'm working for Pablo Escobar and Pablo's gonna do something great for them I'm a dead man you hear me I'm a fucking dead man and so Juan's like scratching his head in Colombia and he's like so the choppers aren't coming and he's like no you better fucking come to Russia and so Juan hops up in a plane and flies to Russia
1: just like that.
0: Yeah. And here's the crazy thing. Tony Yester, this is how smart the brain is. He was in a resort in the Swiss Alps of Switzerland because he knew already that with choppers like that, I mean, if you are talking about expensive, crazy, heavy load carrying helicopters like that, yeah. the KGB and the CIA, everyone would be stalking out those helicopters. So,
1: so why is he throwing them out there?
0: Because... The job needs to get done, but he doesn't need to get in trouble for it, is his theory. He's
1: the brains.
0: So he was in Switzerland. No one could get in contact with him. So, you know, Juan and Tarzan are like, what the fuck do we do? So Juan shows up pretending to be Pablo Escobar. Yeah. um, I saw both of their pictures. They do kind of look alike, but almost in like a not really way you know like kind of but not really
1: but do they even know what pablo looks like
0: barely like they kind of have an idea of what he looks like but it's not like you know crystal clear right so he pretends to be pablo escobar and he goes into a boardroom a boardroom tarzan's crying in a corner
1: crying yeah
0: Tarzan's like Pablo and hugs him and he's like very shaky and nervous and looking around and he's not that big big strip club owner in Miami that he is now I mean he's just he's scared out of his wits and these (laughs) Russians they're like hey listen Pablo sorry to bother you please sit down so they're in this boardroom with all of these fucking Russian mafia leaders and it's Juan pretending to be the Pablo Escobar I mean all of them are armed with machine guns like this could go very very bad and the Russians sit him down and they say, Listen, we didn't really kidnap your helicopter. We're not, we just want to make sure that we can have a friendship. You know, we just felt like if we kept the helicopters for a little bit, then we could maybe, you know, come to a friendship, an agreement um we want to be your representation in russia we want to be your distributors in russia we want you to send lots and lots of cocaine to us and we will distribute them throughout russia and so fake pablo escobar goes well how much are you talking like how much can you guys move and i mean that's a drug term i didn't really know that i'm like move um (laughs)
1: make money move
0: yeah so they're moving these drugs so how much can you move how much can you sell essentially is what he's asking this fake Pablo right and the Russians look around and they look at each other and they go 50 kilos
1: how much is that
0: it's about a thousand dollars a kilo
1: 50 kilo
0: so it'd be like (laughs) 50,000 dollars exactly that's exactly what fake Pablo says he looks around and he starts laughing and he says don't fucking tell me that you brought my ass out of Colombia to Russia to talk to me about 50 kilos of cocaine. <laughs> and he said, this is a joke. If tell me you're joking, if you're not joking, it's going to be bad. And so this is fake Pablo, by the way, like this uh, would be a cool conversation if it was real Pablo.
1: <laughs> but he's like role playing. Really yeah. Deep.
0: Like who, what would Pablo say? And he wouldn't yeah. say, yeah, sounds good. Right. So he's like the fuck 50 kilos. It takes me and my men the same time to pack 50 kilos as 50,000 kilos, you bitch. yeah yeah he was doing the most and tarzan's at the corner like you're doing the you. most i'm sorry <laughs> and then tarzan's at the corner like are we pushing it a little too much like i don't know <laughs> and so he's like how about this you get me a fucking warehouse we're gonna bring in at least thirty thousand kilos and we're gonna start from there you pay as you need maybe we'll get other distributors maybe we won't and the russians look around and they're like that's a really good idea and they go shit you got a deal and they start shaking hands and they go, okay, let's party like the Russians do. They get drunk. They fucking take pictures. The Russian mafia is like, hey, Pablo Escobar is here. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like,
1: wait, wait, wait. So, so, okay. Basically, <laughs> the fake Pablo sold himself. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. They believed it. Yeah. They became friends. Yeah. The rest is history. The
0: rest is history.
1: They got the chopper too?
0: Yeah. So they're like, all right, well, you guys go back to Colombia. Um, We'll be waiting on your word to send us these kilos of cocaine. Woo! Partnership. I can't believe I met Pablo Escobar. And they let (laughs) them leave to Colombia. And they will never see an ounce of Pablo's cocaine.
1: Wow. From at least
0: Juan and Tarzan, at least. And so now this big-ass military aircraft lands in Cali, Colombia. Uh-huh. And these choppers roll out. And the coolest thing about this cargo aircraft, I don't know if it's like this with a lot of cargo aircrafts, but the cargo door is like the nose of the the nose of the plane oh, comes yeah, up yeah, yeah, it, it opens just, up yeah it looked freaking crazy i mean i can imagine that's the talk of colombia they said every single person in colombia government officials children in schools everyone was talking about it about the cartels giving <laughs> <getting> helicopters <laughs> i know it's like we're laughing but it's like really sad and not funny but like just the fact that like the way that they explain things is just so weird yeah, right yeah oh and my god so it lands in colombia these helicopters get out And let me tell you, I mean, this was big. The Cali cartel, this was big. They said, I can't believe you little fuckers were able to pull this shit off. Uh, That you guys were able to bring Russian helicopters to Colombia at a great price, too. Uh Uh-huh. Like, who the fuck? And so suddenly, I mean, Juan and Tarzan's life is just going, it's on the up. Like, they were getting more inquiries from different cartels. You know, they were like, can you get us at least like one boat, two boats, three boats? I mean, they were just making so much money. They were well-known which mm-hmm. they thought was great because they could get tons of bitches. Um, they were considered untouchable because, I mean, I don't know about you, but if I ever heard someone was affiliated with any sort of cartel, I would not try to fuck with that person. I would not try to be like, let me just go like see what happens if I punch them in the face. That's not what's happening, right? So they mm-hmm. were considered untouchable. But that also means that they were getting a lot more attention from people who didn't give a fuck about things like that, such as the DEA, the FBI. <laughs> All of these government agencies, the U.S. ones, they were like, "Mm, we don't think so. You're not that cool to us. We don't really give a fuck. And it was just getting worse because Tarzan, he just, Tarzan was definitely that dude that could not keep it in his pants. I mean, you're supposed to keep it on the DL, right? Which is odd because I heard the Gambino crime family in New York, the ones that he kind of learned most of his roots from, they really weren't the opposite of this. They weren't flexors. They weren't as big of flexors as you would assume some families with that much money would have, right? Uh Um, But he didn't really pick that up, I guess, because he had limos picking up his daughter from elementary school. And he was just a strip club owner. So it just didn't make sense. I mean, the IRS should be knocking on his door like yesterday. Like none of this is making sense. And so the DEA is like, we need to amp things up. They're doing some crazy shit. We thought it was Ferraris for the cartels. We thought it was boats for the cartels. Now we're talking Kamov helicopters from Moscow, Russia. We need to do something and we need to do it quick, right? Some shit's going to go down. So they get a guy by the name of Alex Yasevich. Now, Alex Yasevich is of Russian and Ukrainian descent. He grew up in Brighton Beach, which is the same area that Tarzan and Grisha grew up in the U.S. Okay, And he was living in Washington, D.C., And he was a DEA special agent. So he grew up in the same place. He knew all of them, but he just went in the opposite path. So he's working for the government and he was he specialized in undercover work in Washington, D.C. So they said, bring in Alex Yasevich. We're going to take him to fucking Miami and he's going to go undercover. So they get Grisha in, who, by the way, is the dude that like wiretapped for the DEA. Remember the one with no teeth? yes yeah so they meet each other and they're like oh i remember you from brighton beach and the fbi is like well yeah well, you guys are gonna work together okay and so they're like okay sounds good and so grisha goes to tarzan is like i want you to meet our friend from brighton do you remember him right uh, we were uh, we were so close back in the day remember and he brings in alex yasevich yeah. and tarzan's like i think i remember you Yeah, Yeah, I think I remember you. Oh, shit. Like, how you been? How you been? And for Tarzan, he goes by this saying that a brother of my brother is family. Uh So either he really did remember him or didn't remember him and was just trying to be polite. Because Grisha introduced him, it just, it was a no brainer for him. Yeah, yeah. They were going to be friends. And so Alex starts working at that restaurant too, Babushka, and he's hanging out with them. And he's he's not necessarily working there, he's just doing a lot of connecting there, right? Uh And so they're like, okay, well, what do you do? What do you do? And Alex was always like, you know, I'll tell you when I'm ready. I'll tell you when I'm ready. Now, finally, they decide to tell him, and it's a complete lie. But Alex Yasevich, the undercover, says, I specialize in heroin and weapons dealing. So I like to traffic weapons and heroin into the U.S., but I want to get on that cocaine money. That's why I came to Florida, because I want cocaine money. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? And so then he's like, oh, shit. Well, I mean, I know people who know people who know cocaine really well. (laughs) Like, I know Juan who knows Tony, and Tony knows Pablo, and I think Pablo knows cocaine. And so he's like, I could probably hook you up, right? we could make so much money and so they're like okay okay sounds good let's talk more later so they're on and off meeting and then finally things come to a very awkward pivot at miami a fountain blue hotel very famous hotel in miami so they decide to meet at the fountain blue hotel in miami and the fbi the dia they had decided to wiretap this room with a camera Okay. Now, this camera was disguised as a radio, but there was a camera inside of it, okay? And so the hotel room, they both walk in. Alex Yasevich, the fake heroin dealer that works for the DEA. He's undercover. And Tarzan. And Tarzan is trying to sit at the chair that's facing away from the camera. And so you see Alex being like, hey, you should sit at this chair.
1: Wait, so are they trying to catch Tarzan right now? Yeah. Okay, just him, not no other big fish. Yeah, so
0: they're it. hoping because he seems like the most loosey goosey that uh. he will rat everyone out, you know. Okay. And so he's like, "No, no, no! You should sit over there." And so Tarzan's like, "Okay, you're fucking weird, right?" And so he sits over there, and they're talking and talking, and then this was all caught on camera. Uh huh. Tarzan looks straight into the camera. Uh huh. That's disguised as a radio. Uh huh. And he says, "That's a fucking camera." And Alex Yasevich, and by the way, remember how I said Tarzan sits with his ankle on his knee, his legs crossed, with a gun right at his ankle? Yeah. So very easy to just fucking pop out, goodbye, Alex Yasevich. Yeah. So he looks at it and he goes, no, that's a fucking camera. And Alex is like, what do you mean? Why there, Why would there be a fucking camera? Like I come to this hotel all the time. It's always there. There's no fucking camera. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, no, it's a fucking camera. You want to know how I know it's a camera? Uh-huh. Because I used to do some spying shit. And there's a spy store in Miami. A spy store, guys. A spy store in Miami. And I saw that exact camera model. It's a fucking camera.
1: <laughs> and so Alex
0: Yasevich is like, it's not a camera, dude. It's not a camera. You want... Fine. You think it's a fucking camera? Why don't you walk over there and pull apart this
1: camera? Uh Uh-huh. And then
0: Tarzan looks at it. You can see him contemplating it. And he goes, "Eh, maybe it just looks like that. Anyways, and he just didn't check the camera.
1: Oh, my God.
0: But everyone was fucking shitting themselves, including, I mean, obviously Alex Yasevich. But everyone that was watching it, everyone, you know, it just Uh was, it could have been so bad.
1: What were they doing in there?
0: They were talking about the next big deal. And that's what Alex found out. Was the submarine deal. He tells Alex Yasevich. He says we're trying to fucking buy a submarine. You'll never believe it. And he's like what? A submarine? And he's like yeah so. I know this guy named Tony, okay? (laughs) Tony's like the brain. He's the conduit. He knows the Cali cartel. They're going to give him money. They're going to give him millions and millions of dollars. Probably close to $40 million to buy a submarine. Now me, me, Tarzan, and Juan, we know Moscow, Russia. We know these people. So we're going to fucking go in there and we're going to buy a military-grade submarine from the Russians because they're corrupt and they'll sell it to us for about $35 million. And here's the crazy thing. Why do they need a submarine? Why does the cartel need a submarine? I mean, is it just like a fascination? Is it, you know, boys and their toys? That type of thing. No, because a submarine goes underwater, can be undetected if you're really good with it. And you can fill it with 40 tons of cocaine, 40 tons. That's about 40 million dollars of cocaine sitting in a sub going anywhere in the fucking world. It was going to be one of the biggest reserves of cocaine just in that that submarine. If they filled it with 40 tons, that's the biggest backup reserve of cocaine in the world. That's what they're gonna do.
1: That's so fucking insane. Yeah. And so, out of this world.
0: Out of this world, but it happened. And then it happened again in two thousand. We're gonna get into it. And they so did it? well, you'll see. So they said you know, it's gonna cost about maybe forty million dollars. They're gonna fill it with forty tons. That means within one trip of delivering cocaine to wherever they wanted to get it to, they've already paid for the fucking submarine. I mean the the cartel's crazy. And <laughs> yeah I mean it was just insane so he finds out all of this and he's scared I mean everyone's scared the US was kind of quaking but they were also hoping I mean it's so crazy that there's no way it's gonna happen nobody just sells submarines it's not something that's on the free market like it doesn't make any sense right but would it happen so Tony meets with the cartels they say you know you get it we'll get you the money no big deal we make billions of dollars. We'll fucking give you the cash. It makes sense. It's an investment in our future. We can do it. And so Tony's like, okay, Juan, Tarzan, it's your time to shine. Go to fucking Russia and find us a military-grade submarine. So Tarzan has friends in Russia. He calls one of them up, right? And he says, listen, I know it's a crazy question, okay? But I have a friend who's asking me if I can get them a Russian submarine. And he goes, a Russian submarine? And he goes, I know, I know, but they're trying to pay like millions, 40 million he goes forty million Russians. Okay, um, yeah. Let me call you back. And he calls him back the next day, and he says, "Does your friend want one with missiles or without missiles?" <laughs> like it was that, like that fucking easy.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah,
0: I know. I mean, this definitely happened mainly because of all of the po- political turmoil in Russia at the time. Like, there was no leader. It just was yeah. full of corruption. I mean, you could kind of say that now, but there's a very strong leader that would make sure that there's nothing happening like this, probably. But, I mean, th- th- at back then, there was none of that. There was no leader. There was no... It was just corrupted, right? Yeah. And so they go all the way to Russia. And who do they meet with? Do they meet with some street dealer? Do they meet with some submarine manufacturer? No, they meet with high-ranking military officials from Russia, Tony Juan and Tarzan. all of them got stars everywhere. Each star was like a good honorable deed that they did. They were just fucking filled with stars. Tony said it was like looking into the night sky, like all of them were high ranking officials. And so they're like, okay, well, we're gonna make this deal happen right And they're talking talking talking. And then finally the military officials from Russia who are trying to sell this military submarine <sighs> illegally was like, let's go to the sauna. So Tarzan's like, great, sounds good. So they go to the sauna. All these Russians get naked, butt naked, go into the sauna. Tony, who's Cuban, is like, I'm not fucking going into the sauna. Like, I'm not getting naked. That's nasty, right? Uh-huh. And then Tarzan is naked, right? And he's like, yeah. if you don't go into the sauna, the deal's off. And he's like, what? And he's like, that's how Russians do it. We need to see you naked first. <laughs> he's like he's like what do you mean I've never fucking de- I've done deals before nobody has to see me naked and he goes no it's a russian thing you see the other person but naked and that's how you know you can trust them and he's like no i don't i don't want to do it and he's like fucking think about it because we're about to lose the deal because of your stupid ass because you can't get naked and so he's <laughs> outside right and then finally, he decides to be like, fuck it, okay, it's millions of dollars. He takes off all of his clothes, he goes into the naked sauna with all of these naked military officials from Russia, and then the conversation that he's hearing is fucking nuts. Uh huh. They're offering to sell them nuclear weapons, and they want to know if the Cali cartel is interested in purchasing nuclear weapons.
1: And Tony's like, what the fuck?
0: No, like, guys, we just want a submarine. Like, we don't need missiles. Like, we don't really need any of that. Like, that's too much. I don't think they want that. And this was the first time he was like, I'm going to get fucking executed for this. Like, he was like, this is bad. This is so bad.
1: Tony, the brain?
0: Yeah, he was like, this is bad. He was scared. Yeah, he was scared, right? Now, to mind you, submarines. Let me give you some background on submarines. Because... I mean, it sounds comical. $35 million, submarines, right? There's only 38 countries in this entire world that own submarines. And most of them are diesel based submarines. And this is important because the ones that they were trying to sell in Russia were diesel based and diesel means that they have a loud engine noise. So if you are a country with lots of tech and lots of, you know, defense things, you know, like if you're the U S then you've probably got all of these little detectors in the sea and the ocean that can detect loud noises. They yeah. detect frequencies. I mean, even without that, I'm sure they'd see a sub coming from super far away. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but diesels are really, really loud now nuclear ones, nuclear powered submarines are relative just silent. Like you can go dark. You can practically disappear underwater. No other country can detect your nuclear powered submarine. And there's only five countries who own nuclear powered submarines. The United States, China, the United Kingdom, France and Russia. And it takes about 3.5 billion dollars to build a nuclear powered submarine. (laughs) 3.5 billion dollars yeah (laughs) yeah so that's why most countries do not own a 3.5 billion dollar submarine
1: oh my god that is stupid money. Yeah,
0: that's stupid money. And the Russians were trying to sell them a diesel-powered submarine for $35 million. And any country that does have submarines, the submarine base are some of the most heavily guarded assets. They are some of the most heavily guarded bases that even, even if you're part of the Navy, unless you are of a certain league, you cannot even go look at a submarine. You just can't. Really? Yeah, it's that intense
1: huh i did not know that
0: yeah i mean i didn't either i thought submarines were like super cute i thought i could go on a field trip to see <laughs> one i thought it'd be like elementary class would you like to go see a submarine i thought it'd be that easy but apparently not <laughs> huh. yeah um so weird they got that
1: little reflective glasses you just stick out <laughs> yeah. on top and you just see what's above the water yeah.
0: I mean, are you sure there's like non-military grade submarines maybe that are super cutesy? I don't fucking know. But these are like military grades that we're talking about, right? And so the Russians decide to take them to the secret Navy base to see the submarine. (laughs) Wow. Now, here is the pickle that they're in. They see it. Uh They see the submarine. It's beautiful. It's amazing. They want to buy it. Uh But the Cali cartel said, how do we know? You better send some pictures with proof so that we know that there even is a fucking submarine. I mean, we know that none of you guys are dumb enough to run away with our money, but we just want proof that the Russians aren't trying to play us. So you have to take pictures of this fucking submarine in Russia. Yeah. And so they're all standing there and Tony's like, fuck, we got to get a picture. What do we do? What do we do? Like the Russians are going to fucking kill us if they see us trying to sneaky take a picture of this fucking submarine. Right. Yeah. And so Tony's like, listen Tarzan." You're gonna get some pictures of that submarine i don't care if you die you're gonna get pictures of that submarine and so tarzan's like what do you mean they're gonna kill, they're gonna kill us yeah and he's like i don't care so tarzan goes up to the captain Yeah. And he goes so i have a really dumb question and the captain goes okay and he says can i take a picture of the submarine <laughs> 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 and the captain says yeah, you're right. That is a really dumb question. It's a military base. No, you cannot take a picture of the submarine, and so Tar- uh, Tarzan goes. Okay, well,
1: I'm well you, gotta ask, right? yeah, you gotta ask, right? Yeah, you gotta
0: ask. And so then he knew that these captains were making about twenty dollars a month. Oh. And so he says, he looks to that captain and he says, "How about I give you two hundred dollars?" Now, again, this is not back, back in the day where $200 was like $20 million. Like $200 was probably like, I don't know, $300, $400 today's time, right? And yeah. he's like, what if I give you $200? And the captain looks at him. Uh-huh. He takes the money. Uh-huh. And they have a photo shoot. With the submarine They have photos (gasps) of Tarzan With the submarine They have photos of Tarzan With the captain With the submarine They have photos of Just the captain With the submarine They have photos of Tony with the submarine Tony Tarzan captain With the submarine And I mean It was a fucking You would think It's an engagement shoot Like this They had so many Fucking photos In this secret military Secret Russian military base With the submarine That they're about to buy And who are these people Are they part of The Russian military Are they part of Another country's government That were invited No These are drug dealers
1: The irony in this story is unreal. (laughs)
0: and so then they go back home tony goes to colombia to talk to the cali cartels and he's like fucking look at these pictures dudes i fucking saw this submarine this is not some shit that i got off the internet this is my picture i saw it and tarzan goes back home and he does the same thing but not with the cartel but with all of his friends he's like guys i went to saw a military submarine from russia and he would just lay these pictures around his desk and guess who had access to that desk fucking alex from Uh, the dea alex yasevich sorry i just really like saying his last name it's so fun (laughs) so alex yasevich he sees this he helps himself to it and he brings a copy and the dea the operation odessa they freak the fuck out and they immediately call the department of defense they call the u.s navy Uh and they call nato
1: they call NATO? nato
0: Let me give you the direct Because I'm going to fuck it up I just know that they're really scary Like I would never fuck with the NATO It's a It's it's like a bunch of countries What countries are here? The North Atlantic Treaty Organization Is alliance between 30 North American and European countries That's really scary be scared and so they call the department of defense the u.s navy and fucking nato and nato was able to confirm that that is actually a real russian submarine base and not just like some random russian dude who built a submarine like this is the real deal this is the real shit now the nato had their own concerns they're thinking that this is not okay because yes it is diesel but every diesel submarine has the option to go electric like if you get some fucking mechanics and some engineers and you have the money you can make that shit. You can trans. You can convert a diesel into an electric submarine, which then you could go dark underwater. No one will sense you coming.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: And that's a huge danger. And so they're like, this is some shit. Like, we got to do something about it. Like, we cannot let the sail go down. Like, I don't even care. We're going to put so much money into this. We're going to funnel this to make sure these dudes do not get the submarine. <laughs> now... <laughs> Alex, at the same time, goes back to Tarzan and he gives him a phone. It's an international phone. He says, "This is a clone phone. I got it for you. It's a present." Now, Tarzan did not know that it was being wiretapped by the DEA. Um, they set up a entire fortress just to listen to the conversations Tarzan was having. They had, I mean, Russian translators who were there every day. Uh huh. And it was used to be you know, talking internationally. They had hoped that he would call Tony from it and they wanted to find Tony because he is the brains of it. He's an American fugitive. Well, he's a Cuban, you know, citizen, but in America, he's a fugitive. Mm -hmm. They just wanted to find him. And so they're wiretapping. They have all these Russian translators. Tarzan's constantly using that phone, which then now the DEA and this task force is learning so much information about the submarine deal. And everyone starts to kind of feel like some shit's going down, like someone knows about this, right?
1: Who? Tarzan and them?
0: Yeah, they Mm -hmm. all kind of have like this uncomfortable inkling. Mm -hmm. And even the Russians are getting a little bit stressed out. Like the Russian military are like, okay, well, suddenly we want to know what you guys are going to do with the submarine. Like you need to tell us honestly, what are you going to do with the submarine? Which is crazy because, I mean, you would think that they have no morals, but now they do. And so I thought
1: they knew what the fuck they're doing no oh they just want to make a sale yeah okay they're
0: like just tell us like we just want to know who the owner is going to be and they're like well no it's not going to be for like missiles or anything like that we're not going to start a war it's just going to be for drugs right and they're like but who but who's going to own it and so there's just lots of tension going on right tony is like in switzerland just like flying around (sighs) like uh, all these like swiss alps resorts making these phone calls tarzan and juan are like we need to get this deal done we need to get this deal done and then tarzan and juan decide to have this brilliant idea and they call, they call Tony and they say, listen, I don't know if this deal's going to get done. The Russians are getting angsty. We think the DEA is onto us, you know? Uh-huh. We saw some people that saw the FBI lurking around a couple places. You know, this shit's going down, dude. How about this? You get the money from the Colombians and we'll all take it, we'll split it um everyone gets like 10 million dollars each and we'll just make a run for it we'll run from the cartel we'll run from the fbi we'll fucking ditch everything and we will go on the run okay we will live like millionaires somewhere else and tony's like do you know who you're talking about these people they make seven billion dollars a year just from u.s this cartel
1: You're dealing with
0: people who have eyes, who have money, and their entire business is based off of the fact that nobody can cross them. Mm. So if you fuck them up them killing you is not even showing the world that they're strong. It's showing the world that their business is normal. Like, that's the only way they can maintain a business like this. You are literally putting their business in jeopardy if you get away with crossing them. Do you know who the fuck these people are? And Tony's like, here's the thing, you've never met Pablo Escobar, okay, Juan? Okay, Tarzan? Let me tell you, if you guys were to ever meet him, you better bring a box of toilet paper because you'll be shitting yourself the entire time. (coughs) And so he's like, okay, but like, you don't think we could just like. Fucking go to, I don't know, like Switzerland too, and like just hang out there with like $10 million. I mean, I'm sure we can hide if we have that much money. And he's like, You're fucking stupid, right? <laughs> And so Tony's like, whatever, I'm going to get this deal done. So Tony goes to the cartels and he's like, listen, we need $10 million to show the Russians we got the money. That's going to put them at ease. They're going to stop fucking asking us questions. The minute that their eyes put, get put on that paper, that $10 million, they're going to be done. They're not going to ask us shit. We're going to get this deal done. That sub is yours, right?
1: Uh-huh. And so they're like,
0: okay, we're going to send $10 million to France. Here's the pickup location. You pick $10 million in cash up from france take it to russia do the drop and so tony says sounds good so he fucking flies to france but he already had a different plan tony had a plan that was very similar to tarzan and Juan's. oh
1: my god
0: so tony gets the 10 million dollars from france and he dips he does not head to russia but he heads straight to amsterdam where he has a close friend he breaks into his friend's house and he sits there and he had put the $10 million of cash into his garage. And the friend gets home from work and he says, when's the last time you've been on a trip? And the friend's like, what are you doing here, Tony? Uh, I don't know, years I've been working. And he's like, here's $10,000. Take your girlfriend to Spain for two weeks. Don't come back. And he's Uh like, $10,000 to Spain? What's going on? And he goes, don't fucking tell Don't tell anybody that you've seen me. Don't tell anybody why you're in Spain. Don't tell anybody anything. And if everything goes well and you don't fuck up, there's going to be another $10,000 waiting for you when you get home. And he said, fuck yeah. And he just packed his bags, never asked another word, did not know that there was $10 million in his garage and he just dipped. Uh And so he spent the next two weeks organizing plans, getting his shit together. Um, The one thing that he says is troublesome his poor life is that 10 million dollars is a lot of paper it's a lot of money yeah it's a lot of paper and so he was organizing on how to deposit them into different accounts and etc cetera, etc cetera. um he never reveals to anybody how he did it did it what D- did the storage of that 10 million dollars he got away but he got away yeah yeah
1: so who told the story
0: He was interviewed in Africa in a secret location by a documentary. He is still an international fugitive, and the cartels are after him. And he was on a private jet being interviewed.
1: Oh my God, this is so insane. And they
0: asked him straight up, they said, Hey, so in the cartel line of power, where were you, you know? Yeah. And he looked at them and he said, Geez, why are you guys so fucking curious? And he's like, I don't want to talk about it. Okay he's like so weird like he's so nice one minute and then he's like snaps at you the next minute yeah so he never tells anyone what he does with that 10 million dollars i that's mean that's
1: so fucking epic yeah
0: we just know that he's using it right now we don't know if it was deposited into like international overseas accounts or if he had a plan for it or if he has like a million dollars in cash that he takes with him everywhere i really don't know probably
1: right? um big <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. And so Juan gets a call in Miami, and he doesn't really know what's going on. He just knows, like, the walls are closing in, and he's just frantic. But it's not like him and Tony are lovers. It's not like they talk every two seconds, right? And so he has no idea until he gets a call from... The cartels from the Columbia, Cali cartels, yeah. some of the members, and they say, "Hey, what are you doing? Are you in Miami?" And he goes, "Yeah, I'm in Miami. Like, what's going on?" And he's like, "No, nothing. We're just gonna be in Miami for the next couple of days. So let's hang out." And so he's like, "Yeah, come by. You know, come through." And so they come and they spend the entire day fucking partying and getting drunk and eating, and they're just having a blast. And then the next morning, they say, "Where the fuck is Tony?" And he they was waited like, a day. Yeah, that's funny. And he was like, "What?" And he's like. Tony ran away with our money. And we just want to say, we want to know where are his wife and kids. We heard they live in Miami.
1: Oh, wow. And so
0: Juan hops up in his white Rolls Royce. And he drives them to where Tony's wife and kids live. It was in a nice condo. And they wrote down the number. They wrote down the address. And they said, okay, well, we can go to lunch now. And they tell Juan at lunch, you better tell Tony to talk to us, you know? Talk some sense into your friend because he's got a hit out on him by one of the most powerful cartels in the world. Like, your friend Tony's not going to do well. You better tell him. I thought
1: Tony works for the other dudes. (laughs) The brain, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, anyways. What do you mean works for the other? I thought Tony was closer with the cartel than with Juan.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, he crossed the cartel, so they're thinking maybe, you know? And um, then... Tarzan starts getting nervous. He hears about all of this and he's like, fuck, fuck. I feel like they're going to arrest me. I don't know. Something just feels weird. And so he puts his daughter into his car and he's driving her to kindergarten. Beautiful day. And then suddenly there's a bunch of cop cars behind him that are driving slow. So he drives slow. He drives the speed limit. And then they pull him over anyway. And he gets really mad about it. He's just like the cannibal. He's like, am I arrested? And they're like, no. And then he's like, then I don't want to come with you. Like, But you need to come with us. And he goes, no, I don't want to. And he goes, no, you have to. And he goes, why do I have to if I'm not arrested? And it's just like this very intense conversation. And they're like, are you seriously arguing about this? Like, do you not know what you're being investigated for? Like, are you really trying to have an argument about if you're arrested or not? Like, fucking get in the car. And so he gets somewhat arrested. Like, he's not arrested, but he is arrested. Right. and they bring him in and these DEA agents are fucking questioning the shit out of him and he's like I don't know why I'm being arrested I did nothing I didn't do anything now Juan at the same time was in Moscow he was securing a 45 million dollar helicopter deal (laughs) for the cartels (laughs) (laughs) and so he's casually walking around in Moscow and he notes that his lawyer was Jewish right he had brought his attorney with him and his attorney's Jewish and -hmm. he wanted to go see all of these synagogues in St. Petersburg so he's like oh fuck I gotta go see all this shit right and then he gets a call from tarzan's brother and he's like hey what's popping right and he's like what do you mean what's popping where are you and he's like i'm in moscow mm-hmm. and he's like there's a, literally a manhunt out for you like i don't know i'm reading the papers my brother just got arrested my brother tarzan just got arrested they're looking for you something about a submarine were you guys doing something about a submarine it's all over the fucking news dude what are you doing and so he's like oh fuck <laughs> Oh, fuck. So now you have Juan, who's going to end up turning himself in. You've got Tarzan in jail. You've got Tony on the run from government agencies and cartels with $10 million. And so they're in jail and they just both of them don't talk until 18 months later. Tarzan decides, I can't fucking do it anymore. Jail is not the place for me. 18 months was more than enough. And he finally agrees to cooperate and testify against Juan uh oh. So Tarzan testifies. Juan gets convicted of conspiracy to traffic cocaine and he gets a 40 year sentence. But immediately as his sentence comes out, Tarzan goes, I fucking lied. What do you mean? <laughs> to the judge. He's like, I fucking lied. I just, I was coerced. I didn't want to talk. I recant my entire testimony. And because his testimony was technically the only evidence yeah. that they had, they had to overturn Juan's conviction.
1: Why did he do that?
0: To get Juan out of jail. It was like just a risk that he took. So. But
1: why did he. Also, oh, Juan's free?
0: So Tarzan uh-huh. signed a deal that said, you can't arrest me. Um, he ended up getting deported to Israel. So they said, either you're going to get deported or you're just going to stay in jail, right? And he yeah. says, okay, then don't arrest me for, like, you don't charge me of any of these crimes that you think I did. Just deport me to Israel. And if you sign that and say that you're going to just do that, I will talk and I will tell you about Juan. Yeah. And so they sign the paper. So Tarzan cannot get charged for this crime now. Yeah. And so he testifies against Juan. And the judge, this is the only evidence that Juan is involved, right? Yeah. Um, concrete evidence. And so then the judge sentences him to a 40-year sentence. But yeah. then Tarzan goes, I fucking lied.
1: Uh-huh. And
0: legally, if that's the only evidence, yeah. then technically the conviction has to be overturned. Yeah. It doesn't hold water.
1: So what happened to Juan?
0: So Juan gets released and he's living in Miami.
1: And what about? And Tarzan's
0: living in Israel. He's been deported, but he's just hanging out in Israel now.
1: You can do that. This sounds way too stupid.
0: Yeah, I think it had to do with the fact that most of the times with things like this, there's no, there's a lot of other evidences. There's like either small evidence, DNA evidence, ABCDE evidence, you know.
1: So they got played by these two people.
0: Yeah, whether it happened <sighs> the way that they thought it was going to happen or if it just fucking happened because it seems like they do have mad, like just random flashes of luck. Okay, I have okay. no idea, right? It just was very, very strange. Um,
1: <laughs> okay.
0: So Tarzan has now moved to Moscow. And he is still doing business with Juan. They won't release what type of business they're doing. But they're still very close friends. Juan is still in Miami. He was recently arrested again, though, for drug and weapon charges. But, I mean, it doesn't seem like that one's going to be a long sentence or anything like that. And so he's still working with Tarzan. Tony is an international fugitive. He is hiding from the government. Now, is he still hiding from the cartels? Well, he Uh was interviewed. And he says... Well, if you guys don't know, Pablo Escobar has passed. Yeah. And he says, all my enemies are dead. And I'm really fucking happy. And I will see them in hell when I arrive. So he's just running from government agencies, it seems. Um, he ended up in 2000 organizing another sub uh, submarine delivery. I was going to say sub delivery, but it sounds like he's delivering for Postmates. <laughs> um, <laughs> a submarine delivery. And he ended up getting most of the parts of a russian submarine to colombia but the mountains of colombia were raided because someone tipped them off and so all of these agents found these cartels like assembling a russian submarine so he was able to get it there i don't know if he was paid for it he didn't release but i feel like he was because it was up to the cartel to reassemble it you know Mm -hmm. he just had to deliver all the pieces and the product so who knows he might be sitting on 35 mil now
1: what yeah. the fuck is going on with yeah. this?
0: And so Tarzan says, listen, Miami is the most beautiful place. He wants to die there one day, but he's been deported and pretty much blacklisted from immigration. And he just has one question. Tarzan, strip club owner, dildo car runner, just all of these things. He just said, why is someone called a special agent versus a regular agent? Why is one more special than the other? Is it because they're fucking good looking? He just wants to know. Are you serious? That's it. That's his last question. Just. (laughs) (laughs) Why is there a regular FBI agent and then a special agent? What the fuck is the difference? He said. It's just one good looking. Are you so special? I'm Uh, special. Do I call myself special Tarzan?
1: Are they they comical?
0: They're so comical. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That is one of the craziest crime stories. I mean, strip club owner dildo submarines i mean what's popping really also it's very scary i think the scary thing that i will take from this is that um nothing is not for sale apparently (laughs) everything is for sale i did not yeah everything's for sale and i did not understand the sheer depth and power of cartels i mean i knew a lot but i did not know this much hmm like that they were just like Russian submarine, $35 million. Here it is.
1: Yeah. 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 And
0: how much money they make and how I think they, the cartels control over like 90% of the cocaine distribution in the world. Well, but then I'm like, who's the who other 10%? Yeah. 10 percent? yeah. <laughs>
1: Wait, what? <laughs> yeah.
0: Who's the other 10%? We want to know. No, just kidding. We don't want to know. <laughs> That's something I would rather not know.
1: Wow. 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 Unreal.
0: I mean, let me know what you guys think of this case. I know it's so unlike the other crimes that we did. It's just a weird crime. I have no words. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoyed today's video or podcast. And I will see you guys next Wednesday where I will penetrate your submarine ear holes with my kilos of... Okay, I gotta go. (laughs) Bye.
1: (laughs) Bye.